Welcome to and almost starring the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Joe Jackson. And today, that's how you know we're looking at Enchanted. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how are you doing today? I've been <laughs> of a true love's kiss and a prince I'm hoping comes with this. Just jazzing it up. Uh, Amy Joe, I'm so glad that when we tested the sound right before recording, <laughs> you chose to do a much quieter sound check. <laughs> I moved away from the mic. Sing into the mic like a monster. But you're forgetting you're classically trained, darling. (laughs) You could be miles away and we're still going to pick that voice up. Uh, anyway, Enchanted is a fantasy comedy musical that came out on November 21st, 2007, and was directed by Kevin Lima and written by Bill Kelly. Amy Joe, what's your experience with Enchanted? Had you seen it before? Uh, I saw this in theaters mm-hmm. at the Times Square <laughs> AMC on 42nd Street. Wow. A, so, terrible theater. B, I've been there too many times. Yes, but C... Pretty great oh. when a lot of the scenes take place in Times Square. Oh, you know what? Excellent point. Excellent it, point. It was really fun to watch it with a the theater full of True. people who like knowingly chuckled when she she's like, I'm sending it to a place where there are no happy ever afters. We're like, oh, Manhattan. You mean right here where I am now. We're all laughing. It's true because we're miserable. Oh, no. We were young and delighted with life. Um, but yeah, so I saw it in theaters and then mm-hmm. I've seen it many times subsequently. Yes, because your, your parents are fans of the film. My parents so it's a are fans. Great film to I've throw on with used the it family. for yeah, research yeah. for things when I've had oh. to play a very uh, oh, sure. stereotypical princess, which is not my mm-hmm. huge. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's a delight. So I've watched yeah. it a lot. That's lovely. Uh, yeah, I, I saw this the one time in theaters until we rewatched it for the podcast. Uh, I think it might, the reason why I never revisited it is, A, this film is kind of weird in terms of like, you'll notice it's a Disney film. It ain't on Disney+. Plus. And it ain't streaming anywhere because there Disney are other... Disney Plus didn't exist till little no, 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 months no, ago. No, but I'm talking now. I'm talking now. All the films that you'd think would be on Disney Plus that aren't usually are because they're streaming on something else and they have to like get to the they're waiting for those licenses to expire, but not Enchanted. And I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that uh, Disney originally after this movie came out had planned to add Giselle to the Disney Princess lineup, Mm -hmm. have toys of Giselle, have all this. We don't see any of that. And it's because they decided against it when they realized they would have to pay for lifelong rights to Amy Adams' image. Because and, everyone else is animated, and she's yeah. only sometimes animated. Also, so I, because I'd seen this only the one time in theaters, and I think I, I enjoyed it in theaters, but I think I never revisited it because I had a bit of a, <laughs> I had a bit of a snobby attitude toward this film because uh, it was nominated for three Oscars, all three for best song, right? Uh, for I think the the cleanup song that she yes. sings with the roaches and pigeons the of course how do you know in central mm-hmm. park and then that one so close that has whoever that guy is doing those hilarious like little oh, singer hands where he's like kind of like just reaching out um but you know what else is nominated against those was 
falling slowly from once and i loved once so i was a bit up on my high horse a bit snobby being like uh, once better went over these Disney songs. Ah, uh, it sure did. Well, I mean, these are wonderful songs, but I think "Falling Slowly" is one of the better songs written ever. Oh, well, sure, sure, sure. But my point being, they're all great. There, there's some great songs in this. It's Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz. There's great Falling songs. Falling Slowly my, is accomplishing my... <laughs> something very different than uh, "Happy Working" a song. My well. Yes. Uh, but my overall point being that I was uh, as snobby as I am today. I was that much snobbier in college. I remember my college roommate Dusty was because who enjoyed Enchanted was like when we, I remember watching, we were watching the Oscars all together in college. And he was just like, oh, I hope that like I think I think it was like, how do you know wins? And I was just like, Dusty falling slowly. <laughs> Is not, and he's like, oh, oh, of course, of course. Because I'm pretty sure that I most likely force him to watch once. Because I imagine it's that like making everyone watch any movie I liked. Discount prom song had won. Oh God, so close, so close, and yet so far, so far away. <laughs> Brilliant lyrics, Schwartz. Um, <laughs> did he do that one? They did that one as well. I believe so. I believe Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz did all the songs. Well, I, I could be wrong, so I'm going to do a quick look up to make sure I'm not tucking out of my behind. And yes, all three songs up for Best Oscar were written by Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz. What, what, Broadway? Woo! Uh, great, let's get into it. So if you have not seen Enchanted or haven't seen in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. In the animated fairy tale kingdom of Andalasia, Giselle, a young woman, dreams of meeting a prince and experiencing a happily ever after. While being chased by a troll, she lands in the arms of Prince Edward, the sweet, dumb heir to the throne, and they vow to marry the next day. We shall be married in the morning! <laughs> it's so funny. And also, this movie beats Frozen to the whole, you can't marry a guy that you've only known for one day yeah. shtick, which is like seemed like such a cool thing for Frozen to do. And it's like, oh yeah, you also did this whatever, five years earlier in Enchanted. I think it does feel differently when it's coming from a human face as opposed oh, to you're not wrong. two dimensions. Of course. When it's, yeah, when it's the actual New Yorkers being like, well, this is the, this hey, is the real world. Hey, yo, this is the real world, honey. This ain't no Andalusia. Andalusia. Um, also, apparently the troll, the troll's loincloth consists of remnants of Snow White's rags, Belle's village dress, Aurora's peasant dress, and Cinderella's maid outfit, and his earrings are the shells of Ariel's bikini top. Are we meant to think he's eaten all of them? Yes. Or he is chasing Giselle because he just wants the fabric of her dress to finish his outfit. He's just trying to build himself clothes. He's tired. He's ashamed of walking around in a loincloth. He wants to build a suit, but he does not have enough material because he is, once again, a massive giant troll. Moving on, Edward's stepmother, Queen Nerissa, an evil sorceress, schemes to protect her claim to the throne in the guise of an old crone and pushes Giselle down a well where she is magically transported to, as we've said, a place where there are no happily ever afters. It's Manhattan. It's not Manhattan. It's specifically Times Square. <laughs> I Excellent think that's point. worth being clear about. <laughs> this is true. I wish there were more, although maybe not. Maybe there weren't as much in 2007 of all the people dressed in characters. I think that started becoming more of a thing when they blocked off and made more pedestrian pathways, which mm. I don't think was a 2007 move yet. So I, gotcha. I think once there was more pedestrian area and that whole TKTS like stairway sure, to the heavens sure, sure, sure. where you can like everyone takes their selfies. Yeah. That, I think, really opened up a lot of space yeah, for the I'm, Times square characters. True, but it would be great if she ran into, like, those awful, oh. awful $3 versions of Buzz and Woody, especially. Yes, if, or, like, like, Disney characters. Mickey and Minnie, oh, like, with their I heads I mean, that's pretty off. funny. That that's pretty funny, funny for that awful Mickey where it's, like, the front is plastic, but the neck is felt. And you're like, ugh. 
Yeah. Gah. Yeah. Also, I love that you can certainly date this movie in 2007 because when she's oh. going around Times Square, you're looking around, you're like, oh, it's a poster for Mamma Mia. Well, that ran Dirty forever. Dirty Rotten I was like, oh, okay, that ran a couple years. And Lestat, the I Broadway musical. Shrieked. Oh, I remember the friends that were like going down the street and people were like, Lestat tickets, Lestat tickets. Like, oh, no, thank you. Like, no, 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 we're giving them away. Please, please people, see this show for free. They were auditioning folks for Lestat my senior year of college. And so people were trying to like go on spring break and that sort of thing. Um, and then I certainly never saw it. I mean, it was a blip, a, a wee blip in a long, <laughs> long story. <sighs> Frightened and confused, Giselle is eventually helped by Robert, a divorced lawyer, and his precocious daughter, Morgan. I'd say she's more helped by Morgan and her uh, curmudgeonly father, Robert. Yes, yes, of course, of course, of course. Robert tries to lend Giselle a phone and be done with her, but Morgan convinces him to begrudgingly allow Giselle to spend the now, night. I have yeah. a, a quest here. Okay. Now, I this might is, have an answer. <laughs> It's not going to be that kind of question. Oh, I it's see. It's more <laughs> of a logistical thing. Yes, yes, yes. So, mm -hmm. um, they're in a cab in lower Manhattan. She's gotten off a JMZ train. She's <laughs> in the Bowery. She's wandering a canal in the street in Soho. Uh -huh. He lives near Columbia. How far away is his daughter taking karate? Yeah, she is in her little karate and outfit. I have to say, well, unless, like, he was clearly picking her maybe, up from Maybe karate. the best karate in the city is way, way, maybe way Maybe so, south. but for a single father, he's going to drive down there his own self and pick her up. Now, if her school <laughs> is down there, that makes sense. But I got to tell you that mm. also, it's a long way it, it, it by is. New York standards. You're not wrong. You're not And wrong. he works at the Time Warner Center, <laughs> which is a very convenient straight shot uptown. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling, no, no, <laughs> I call- Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Shenanigans on where is this supposed karate class being mm. taken? Uh, in the morning, Giselle calls to her animal friends to help clean Robert's dirty apartment. But when he wakes up, all he sees is an apartment infested with rats, pigeons, and cockroaches. Although so much less horrifying than the scene in Cats with the little mini cockroaches and, and mice. Uh, I will, munching on those cockroaches, I will always, always take these. Th these cockroaches, I never thought I'd be like, wow, these cockroaches are so much more adorable than those but other they cockroaches. Are. They truly they are. sure are. <laughs> Uh, oh, and his Robert's fiance Nancy arrives, assuming that Giselle and Robert have been kissing. But you know what she has to do? What does she have to do? She has to let it go. She's oh boy. Sorry. Of course, fiance being played by Adele Dazim, the wickedly talented Adele Dazim. Let's not use her real name. Let's just call her Adele Dazim for the <laughs> remainder of the episode. People know. People know. It's that's really seeped into pop culture that Adele Dazim it's great thanks Travolta it's the best thing you've done in um, many many years let's not forget Greece also, no I think Adele Dazim is better than Greece <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, how how did Robert and his daughter sleep through that entire musical number? She didn't even wake up until that one plate broke. But Amy Adams is belting out a whole tune, and they don't, don't wake know. up until the end. And he sleeps through that whole thing. I he should have had like some kind of like I don't know sleep apnea machine he's going on. He's a hardworking lawyer with a young child. Maybe he's <laughs> yeah, a heavy enough. sleeper. But okay, yeah. okay, I buy it. I buy it. Meanwhile, back in Andalasia, Giselle's chipmunk friend Pip alerts Edward to what happened to Giselle, and they follow after into Manhattan. Marissa sends her servant Nathaniel after them to find Giselle first and kill her with a poisoned apple. Edward searches for Giselle while Pip, now turned into a real chipmunk without the power of speech, tries and continues to fail to warn him about Nathaniel. 
But he's doing a great job with charades. He really, he's trying his best. The problem is that Edward is a real dum-dum. Because anyone else would be like, oh, you're saying that this guy's evil. He was raised to think everything was about him. You know, it's a problem. We're facing with many, many. uh, White white guys. White males (laughs) who pass for vaguely attractive today. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, While walking in Central Park, Giselle helps Robert mend his relationship with Nancy by sending her flowers. So romantic, as Adele Dazeem says. (laughs) Via dove. Via dove. (laughs) Via dove. Where did you get live doves in New York? Uh, And an invitation to the King and Queen's costume ball at the Woolworth building. Uh, and they have a, that big musical number of how do you know that I love you? Uh, and Giselle narrowly avoids eating one of the poisoned apples given to her by Nathaniel in disguise at the park. And again later at a pizza restaurant while her and Robert grow closer and she almost sips a poisoned, what was it, apple teeny? Yes. Like an apple Now see, yeah. this is a guy who's like, let's go out for dinner. Yeah. To a restaurant literally across the street from my apartment. This is not a guy driving to Lower Manhattan to pick up his daughter from karate. No, see, this is just talking about his priorities. For his daughter, he's driving, he's taking cabs an hour out of his way for some crazy girl that he kind of wants to we sleep can with. Do pizza we'll do pizza across the street. <laughs> Let's keep this low maintenance, see where it goes. Edward finally locates Giselle at Robert's apartment, and as she's been growing and learning since arriving in New York, she suggests they go on a date and get to know each other better before returning to Andalasia. They decide to also attend the King's and Queen's Ball, but Nerissa, who has been spying from Andalasia, decides to follow after and kill Giselle herself. That night, Robert and Giselle share a dance with each other, and Giselle grows sad at having to leave him behind. Nerissa- You left out the shopping spree? Yes, her, uh, Giselle and the daughter uh, have a big old shopping spree where they get so many, they buy they so buy, many clothes. I mean, it's appalling. They bankrupt him. to- the fact that she's only going to be wearing one dress to this I ball. They, uh, it's like she's got, she's also wearing, she's so sleek looking. It's like, what? Did we oh, get an actual montage? I feel like the shop, it was just a shopping montage, but I wanted a montage of her trying on different outfits. No, no, no. We just get them going into yeah. different stores. Missed opportunity. Oh, Calypso, like real no, no, stores. No. You, and then you, they come out with just so many bags and then she's yeah. going getting her hair done because obviously straight hair is better <laughs> is the lesson we take away from the end of this. No, it's just opposite of what you normally do is better, which is why Adi- sorry, no, Adele, no, no. I was going to say Adina. I mean, Adele Dazim has straight hair the whole movie and comes into the ball with the curliest hair. But she's also, they're trading places with one another. She's about to, we'll get to it in the synopsis, but she's going to go so, to re- the other place. So, you know? so really, you're only allowed to have curly hair if you live in an animated world. And if you're Apparently. if you're in New York, honey, you got to straighten no, no, out that hair. Trust me, there is the a lot of The humidity in New York in the no, summer, frizz central. There's a lot of stuff with women's hair and like yeah. long, yeah. straight hair, maybe with a little bit of a wave mm-hmm. being like considered quite desirable and curling, mm-hmm. ha- curly okay. hair being harder to control and yeah. having too much personality. Like there's a lot of... Of nonsense bound up in what what our hair what stories our hair is telling about us. So I I hadn't really clocked that before looking at this yeah. time and being like, oh I mean she looks great, but then it's straight in the last scene too. And I was like, yeah. now what what messages did we tell him? We need to spend an hour with the straightening iron in the morning. I fully agree. You make an excellent point. And I do. I think that she looked better in the rest of the movie. I think so before too. Before this dance scene, with the straight that, like, hair and this curly, like plain hair. Yeah. dress, I was like, eh, "It's fine." I mean, she's Amy Adams. She's always she's gonna look good wearing yeah. a paper bag, but it's not as good as she looked in the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. 
Nerissa appears as the old hag and offers the last poisoned apple to Giselle, promising sweet dreams and happy endings. Giselle takes a bite and is plunged into a deep sleep with mere minutes to live. Nathaniel reveals the queen's plot. Edward attempts to use true love's kiss to wake her up, but when it doesn't work, everyone realizes Robert must kiss her instead. Adeldazim, kiss her, Go Robert! Ahead. Kiss her. Which I was really hoping because he just gives her a big smack on the lips and I'm like, Bleh, she's unconscious. They they do a similar-ish thing in um the not great Snow White and the Huntsman movie with Kristen Stewart and Chris Hemsworth. I skipped it. I know you did. That's why I'm telling you this. <laughs> um, but in that, there's like the prince. You're like, oh, well, clearly it's the, here's the prince type um who like gives her a kiss and like she's still like out of it and he like is sad and leaves. And Chris Hemsworth yeah. comes by and is like kind of, he's got like a dead wife. So he's just like, oh, I, I don't love you. I'm like, I'm doing my own thing, but I'll help save you and fight your fight but he gives her like a little kiss on the forehead is just like weeps over her and like leaves and that's what wakes her up but you're like you know we need less of men kissing sleeping women please (laughs) 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 thankfully he didn't just do that and like windshield wiper her face with his tongue goodness gracious uh anyway that's not romantic it's so romantic uh Giselle awakens Hooray! And in an infuriated Nerissa transforms into a large dragon, which, you know, lead with that, uh, and takes Robert hostage. Uh, Giselle takes Edward's sword and pursues Nerissa to the top of the building and with the help of Pip, defeats Nerissa, who falls to her death into the streets below. Which, I mean, she, she explodes into glitter. She sure does. But this, can, can this dragon not fly? What's the point of being a dragon if you're, you're just going to fall off the building and like well, fall to your death? Maybe there are non-flying dragons. Like how there's horses and pegasuses and unicorns. <laughs> the pegasuses. Uh, fair enough, I guess. But if you're a source, if you could change yourself into a dragon, I'm assuming suspect. she could t- turn herself into whatever. So turn yourself into a little bat and go wee and fly away mm-hmm. for the sequel. Um, <laughs> Nancy follows Edward back to Andalasia where they marry. So romantic. Becoming king and queen while Nathaniel and Pip each become successful authors about their experiences. And Giselle stays in the real world, starts a popular fashion business marries you were gonna say starts a podcast starts the podcast (laughs) i was like in 2007 (laughs) she'd be ahead of a time um no she starts a popular fashion business which i love that this movie kind of has the same ending as ratatouille because all these rats are helping roll out the fabric uh and it's like the little restaurant if it ain't broke don't fix it uh she marries robert and forms a happy family with him and morgan where every night is a wacky dance party we love a (laughs) wacky dance party oh man since listen at home since we watching this movie they're dancing amy adams and this daughter are having a good time they look like a they're like we're having ride. yeah we're having a fun little dance patrick dempsey does the dance of the the three guards in aladdin during prince ali where they suddenly were like we got the monkeys we got the monkeys it's like a kicking like his legs hoedown. it's a hoedown it's a real cotton eye joe that's actually a great example it's he's doing the oy, cotton eye joe dance oy. and it is I I, I am not lying. I'm not being facetious. It's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in my life. I, I have to admit, every time I watch this film, I'm always like, right before it starts. Because not, not just that, like that mm-hmm. whole little sequence of them like dancing. Because I'm just imagining being on set and then like putting on some fun music and being like, <laughs> just have a good time. <laughs> just go crazy. And it doesn't look organic. And it's like, oh, this yeah. poor... <laughs> this poor guy well not this poor guy it's just like all of them I feel badly for them and then that's no. what is closing out this wonderful film is this <laughs> mediocrity of uh, expressive personal dance well I, I I would love a behind the scenes of them going through all potential dance moves to give Imagine him and each one he's like I'm not doing that 
no, I'm not doing that. That's that's stupid. Or him being like doing it and them being like, uh, you know what? Let's, that's let's keep let's keep uh, spitballing. Let's keep thinking of something else for you to do because this is a struggle. Anyway, the casting directors of Enchanted were Marsha Ross and John Papsidera. Ross has cast such films as Clueless. 10 Things I Hate About You, and The Princess Diaries. And Papsidera has cast films including The Dark Knight Trilogy, Inception, and Dunkirk. Now, Enchanted was conceived as far back as the 1990s and was originally going to be an R-rated film. That was the screenplay that Bill Kelly wrote, was intended to be an R-rated. It was not a Disney film. Disney eventually bought the script, had a bunch of other writers do passes on it. Mm. And then Bill Kelly came back and was like, okay, now that this is going to be a pg disney film let me write that let me do another draft which is why he's the only credited writer even though a bunch of other people did passes but originally this was going to be about similar thing of this cartoon comes into the real world but uh she would have been mistaken for a stripper Interesting. is like the jumping off point uh and i think it would have just been more of a severe send-up of disney tropes of like which the movie you still are able to do and still be like a film that's like fine for children with all the joke you know the jokes that are for adults go over their heads like it's not yeah. you know whereas opposed to having someone being like whoa honey what time get back on the stage in this you know hubba-da, hubba-da. which is why i think i'm assuming in the original script when she's like running around and she sees like the magic castle that would have absolutely been a strip club because in the movie sure. it's like a the magic castle casino but it's just a billboard um, yeah. right but it almost certainly would have been you would have definitely in the original yeah. script had her like going in searching for like oh my i don't recognize anyone here as you have like full stripping mm-hmm, going on mm-hmm. also which as we mentioned alan menken and stephen schwartz did the music at one point weird al yankovic was considered to write songs for the movie mm. which is interesting i mean he's great but i don't i've not heard an original weird al tune exactly weird al weird al is a lyricist i get the lyrics are also it could have been just that funny but they're also very clearly more just about jokes and parody than character development although i mean he is a yes but he is a great parody songwriter so in the sense of like parodying disney songs i get it yeah i get it but i just found that very interesting uh let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast now some of these people may have auditioned some may have just been discussed by casting this is all a little subjective we're having fun and as always i have looked up all these actors in advance and amy joe is going to hear them for the very first time so let's kick it off with giselle amy joe real quick your thoughts on amy adams and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else I have no notes. <laughs> I have no notes for Amy Adams. I have no notes for who I'd rather see. I know. This. What a star making turn. She's, She's so good at this. Perfect. <laughs> Just also the way that she sells the journey from yep. like her eyes are so large. Yeah. Like, just like uh, she's so well cast just for like the look of she almost looks right. like a cartoon character. Yeah. But then the way that she then takes it to the journey to this more human contemporary it's really well calibrated of as she slowly is like learn is becoming more like human human it's it's pretty much the scene where she realizes she's angry yeah and then she like something shifts like that's a big shift and things start to sort of settle even as she's still playing sort of (laughs) oh i don't know you know right she's like like i'm angry and then immediately laughs she's like (laughs) i'm angry i'm angry (laughs) 
but it's it's fantastic her her work with her hands the way she like oh, of course. drifts amazing through princess a room hand acting like, like a like a sweet breeze yeah. on the wind yes a breeze on the wind <laughs> that's it um so i breeze on the wind would have been a good parody if you try to parody a disney song of like if to have them sing about like like a breeze on the wind <laughs> when you're like that doesn't make sense but you know what it means but you know what it means um but yeah so i truly i mean i was like i could come up with some people but i sure, was like sure this just feels so right it's such a no. beautiful yeah. performance that could have been so easily just pretty so, good so, oh i was gonna say well it could, have, it could have been terrible yeah. but it also could have very easily been like like there's a lot of people i can think of if this were done Perfectly on broadway oh, that sure, would have been like sure. oh how charming but right, like that's right. it yeah. you know and not like taking this material mm-hmm. and just like taking it to really elevating to the 10 yeah. you know of totally, like totally. both in the the largesse of the performance but also with the quality of the performance and like everything she brings to it and and she sings fantastically and yeah. she's so charming and yeah yeah i mean if i had to the only person i can think of that does this sort of thing that would also be really funny is Kristen bell you know sure. just but uh, sure. oh sure you know as far as someone who can really sing who has right like a hollywood yeah. credits who like does that kind of thing but i just think why yeah. why would i mess why about with it? this why mess with perfection uh so over 300 actors auditioned for giselle oh. we're gonna go through everyone just kidding Ooh, just kidding wow. uh but amy adams was a lucky number 275 really <laughs> yes jeez <laughs> uh so let's get into it so uh disney was originally considering offering it to one of these two women when adam shankman was set to direct of mm-hmm. Uh, Hairspray and uh, The Wedding Planner and other things. Hairspray is what I mainly know him from and uh, enjoy him from. Because this is like that Rock of Ages movie. But when he was set to direct, here's who they consider. Their top two was Reese Witherspoon. Which, I mean, I get it. I I get it. And she's wonderful. I get it. And Kate Hudson. (laughs) I don't mind that as much as I know you do. But I also like... uh, Yeah, I don't think it would I mean, she's got... A small role in that nine musical, so like she can technically sing. Oh, right, that's um, the part I played. I played right Crawford, where they gave her an actual. They song. gave her a they song, gave... but the problem is they made her like him. You need someone to actively dislike him mm. that's not like married to him. I'm gonna tell you this right now. That was the least of that movie's problems. Well, I just don't think it helped. That's I <laughs> really only did seen not help. that yeah. part. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, of those two, I'm like Kate Hudson. I just don't care. I don't want to see it. But Reese Witherspoon, I. Could absolutely say and would have enjoyed. Um, Renee Zellweger was offered the lead, but producers turned her down because they wanted an unknown for the part, which mm-hmm. based on the people that will read, clearly that, sh- I don't know, that clearly shifted, shifted or, in terms of yeah. when they wanted an or unknown they got, and like, had all these desperate. stars. We're like, we need someone to play this. Or yeah, they were like, none of these people are working and like, we need an unknown or I don't know. But um, because Renee Zellweger did not do Enchanted, it did free her up to instead do 2007's B movie oh, with no. Jerry Seinfeld. Oh dear. <laughs> Where oh, she plays a woman dear. who falls in love with a bee. Uh, <laughs> uh here's someone that you know could have sang those songs. Christina Aguilera reported the audition. True. I don't know that she can act it. I mean, I've Well, I didn't seen... say that she could act it. <laughs> I said that she could sing it. I have seen her work in burlesque. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I will say I enjoyed that movie so much more than I expected to, but part of that was because it's truly terrible. <laughs> truly <laughs> wretched. It's not, uh, how you say, good. Uh, right, no. Uh, Jennifer 
Aniston was allegedly up for the role, but they couldn't no. come to an agreement on salary, which like, no, that's not no where she lives. And like, maybe, maybe if this was, a, if this is a decade earlier, if this was 97, maybe, but in 2007, when you're like already long after friends, she could do Nancy. She's been, sure. She's I mean, she's probably not going to play a part that small, but like, no, I could have seen her as the queen Narissa over Giselle she and Patrick Dempsey are like the same age. I know, but who cares? The nurse is the queen. It's a stepmother. That's so true. the stepmother could but be I any that age. At least Susan Sarandon oh, is no, about no. twenty years older Look, than Patrick Dempsey. I agree. I am all here. However, I hear what we'll you're get, saying. We'll get into the fantastic actors that were up for Narissa. I have definitely played um, the stepmother to a man uh, 19, 15 to 19 years my senior. So, you oh know. Oh, my God. Well, you know, it's <sighs> it's acting, darling. It's acting, darling. Uh, <laughs> Christina Applegate auditioned. Sure. Yeah, sure. I, maybe I need to watch more of her oeuvre so that I every time this happens, another, I'm not yeah. like Because it's mainly her. Anchorman and this awful 90s movie Vibrations that she's in we've that, seen i don't know what, what else seen. of her work you would have seen but i like christina applegate and i i can actually see her in the like the princess acting for sure mode. I, can I can see that much better yeah I, and she sings so i can you she know sure does i i can see that more than somebody's than jennifer aniston at least Oof. uh or drew barrymore who once again as we've talked about in chicago she cannot sing she was the one person in everyone says i love you who they had to dub her because she was so bad and that was a movie where they wanted natural singing voices yeah yeah, I think any movie that they considered Kate Hudson for they for a long considered time, they you considered, I think they did. I you, think so. They oh. they did a lot of the same kind of rom com type yeah. characters. Do you, do you think they only were like, oh, Drew Barrymore in Ever After, just have her come back, yeah, do absolutely. that same thing? People have very little imagination most of the time, so I think absolutely they're like, she she did the thing like this. She could she do this. Hey hey, you know you did the thing. Could you do the thing again? But different, but, but the, the same. But different, but, dis- but more or less the same. Um, Kate Beckinsale turned down the role, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which uh, I mean, I mainly know her like kicking butt in vampire movies and whatnot. I mainly uh, know her playing hero in Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, sure, her which like first movie give me a lot of information. And for the trailer of Pearl with. Harbor, which I saw oh, a lot man. of times. That's true. I did see that in theaters, and uh, I didn't see the movie. Tried to forget I it did as see soon the, as possible. Trailer the trailer. Well, that trailer was everywhere. It was because it was like it's Michael Bay, but it's history, so it's also important. <laughs> When the when the Japanese bombed this love triangle, which is how we all remember. Well, that's all those movies where it's like take a real thing. The Titanic started it, where it's like okay, remember when this iceberg sank this doomed romance? It's not a documentary, darling. It's it's oh my gosh. When I was in high school, which is I was I think fourteen when Titanic came out, thirteen, fourteen. I was in ninth grade, and so I was your target demo, shall we say? Sure. I went with a a bunch of friends one time and like we were talking about it in line or something and some people hadn't seen, I don't remember exactly, but someone goes like, oh, I'm really curious to see how they sink the ship. And this girl that I was friends with, but who, and who's very smart, but not the most like intuitive common sense type person. She turns around and goes, well, thanks for spoiling the movie. Like a hundred percent serious. It's like, have you not heard about the Titanic? No? Oh, no. Okay. I think you're better at math, you know? <laughs> oh. <my laughs> but that was God. kind of a legendary thing we never Thanks. let her forget. Thanks for, for spoiling the movie. Spoiling the movie. I'm like, okay. Man, just any film based on a real life situation, she just comes in slamming the door. Guys, I just watched JFK. 
I did not see that ending coming. I did not see that. I in in tenth grade we watched that Lily Sobieski Joan of Arc TV miniseries uh-huh. thing, and there was some girl. You know, we watched it and she doesn't make it. <laughs> no, but one of the girls in class, like someone was talking, like. Uh, because we, you know, you had to watch it over the course of like a week because you're watching it bit by bit, and someone makes some comment about her being burned at the stake, and she's like, oh. "Spoiler!" Basically, man, she comes. You're in class, like in English lit, and she's just like, "It's like okay, so uh, you know, we're re- reading Hamlet, and like, uh, there's a famous tragedy in the end, and everyone dies." She's like, "I, I haven't read it yet. Everyone dies. Everybody <laughs> dies." <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, ding, 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 Kristen Bell audition, which, of course. Of course she did. Of course. Um, Veronica Mars had just been canceled after its third season, its mm. original cancellation in 2006. And Forgetting Sarah Marshall would be the next year, 2008, which is like her jump into movies. Mm. Um, which I think was like a good move because in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, she's Sarah, the Sarah Marshall. She's like the one that like breaks up with Jason Segel at the beginning of the movie and then he and but I don't know anything about this film, well, that's so. why that's why I'm telling you is that she has a bit more of an edge to her that she's just like I've dumped you and they both wind up going to the same Hawaiian resort is the premise of the film where she's like are you stalking oh, me so he can't forget her huh? she certainly can't when she's there with her new boyfriend Russell Brand um but it, uh, it like helps because you're like oh it's which this feels I mean, Veronica Mars has an edge as well, yeah. but Sarah Marshall was like, oh, like this is you trying to be like, I'm a grown up compared to my show where I was like in my freshman year of college. Yeah. Um, and whereas this would be such a good fit for her, but she also like reads so young, especially at that time, like to imagine her with Patrick Dempsey is so much creepier. I was looking at the ages of Amy Adams and Idina Menzel and Patrick Dempsey. And yes, I was yes, like please. surprised that. They were all pretty much the same. Well, well, Ish. no. Patrick Dempsey was born in '66. Okay. Dana Menzel was born in '71. Okay. So that's five years. Yeah. That's you know. And then um, Amy Adams born in '74. So mm. like not actually that big of a difference as I th- I thought it was a larger difference. Yeah. And what, certainly what, not what's that eight eight years nine years. Yeah, eight years. Eight years and and it's not even that big of a difference between um, Dana Menzel and right. and uh, Amy oh, Adams. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, it's uh, Adele Dazim. Oh, I'm so sorry. Please use her full name of the wickedly talented. The Adele wickedly Dezim. talented Adele Dazim was born in 1971. Um, so yeah, I was looking that up, think because I thought like maybe Amy Adams was a lot younger, um, but she's not. I'm just imagining if John Travolta, instead of as bad as wickedly talented, if he was trying to, if he was like, and don't owe her rent, the Adele Dazim, or just like any like. A, a more obscure reference for your average theater-going public. <laughs> like, I guess Rent was still huge. That's what everyone... But she she was launched into a new strata. No, if he was dropping Quake. an if-then reference, then you know we're getting obscure. Oh, my gosh. Well, she, she was doing if-then when that happened. They apparently got a huge bump at the box office because of Adele Dazim. And also because she was performing at the Oscars. But I think people watched that performance more later because of the whole Adele Dazeem thing. Anything to sell a ticket, oh, folks. Boy. Do you think people thought that Adele was in the show? Like, I heard him say Adele. That doesn't look like Adele. It doesn't sound like Adele. But how many people are named Adele? Mother, we're buying tickets. And how many people are named Adele? <laughs> Hello. Dazeem. Oh, my gosh. The friend. <laughs> the first words of the musical, if then, are... It's me. So actually, it's a great crossover opportunity that was missed. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Uh, Laura Flynn Boyle was considered who... I was... I mean, mean, do whatever you want age-wise. Was a bit older at 
the time. I see her in the R-rated version. Yeah, where I don't know. She's she has so like a strange. more of a well, we... one of those actors with more of an edge that I can just see. Uh, yeah, I mean the earliest thing i know her from is this movie red rock west which is like this noir thriller in 93 or something with nick cage you never watched twin peaks oh she was i i, she I was watched one of the main actors in twin peaks oh i don't remember her from it I, I i watched like the first half of season one and fell off it and just haven't revisited um but by 2007 she's i mean she's like the villain in men in black 2 in 2002 where she's just like i'm I don't know. It, it feels a, like, it's a weird fit. You know, it's a weird fit. Uh, well, they saw 300 people, so. You know what? They saw 300 people, so I'm sure there's they people saw that everybody. I d- don't even have on this list that is like, what? They considered Angela Lansbury for Giselle? I mean, why not? <laughs> we know she's got the chops. <laughs> they considered Mickey Rooney for Giselle. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> Uh, less offensive than Breakfast at Tiffany's. Everything um, sure is. Uh, Tony Collette auditioned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love Tony. I, Love I, to- I mean, we just we just rewatched Knives Out last night, which yeah. I love. It's also clearly because she had just finished filming Hereditary, which is why she's so fun valley girl just living her goop lifestyle oh my god i read a tweet about the new New yorker profile on you you. um so but like i've never seen her do like that kind of heightened Mm -hmm. princess acting more or less did you Um, ever watch united states of tara oh i haven't no does she have i mean i know she's got i watched the first episode she i mean i never i should go back and like actually rewatch the whole series because i didn't i just watched probably the first two thirds of season one i mm-hmm. i love tony collette but i was very busy she when went. it was eight um but i mean she's just she's a chameleon she can do you know truly what she is so i wouldn't anything. be surprised if she could have done this uh portia de rossi auditioned oh. which is interesting i i'm used I to mean, she's yeah gorgeous she sure is. i buy her as someone you would want to animate true i mean i mainly know her from arrested development and the show better off ted which ran two oh, seasons right. and well, she's very funny was canceled that. she sure is but she's like such a like she's the boss in that mm-hmm. show and is like so in charge and even in arrested development it's like she's got such a like power to her that she, i think she would have been actually great as nancy she would have been so good yeah. as a fiance where you're like you also buy her as like oh now you could also be this animated and now you at the yeah. end you're going to jump into the animated world and you'll fit there as well uh i think would have been i, I kind of like her as an mm, option for that too. um uma thurman turned it down mm-hmm. can she si- oh she sang in the producers but i never saw that oh she did sing in the producers uh i mean she sings fine it's also when she's like kind of she's speak, not given no she's speak Katie singing Huffman Tony she's... award winning performance <laughs> okay no she's not she's she, not she's not belting she a sustained not. e for no, however I, I long she might have given a Golden Globe nominated performance. I could be mistaken. I think Nathan Lane was nominated and either Uma or Will Ferrell. It might have been either or. I don't fully remember. I'll deny. But I love Uma. I'm always happy with, with Uma popping up in something. But um, yeah, it's also an interesting fit. Selma Hayek was considered. Oh. Which is much, which is very interesting. It's That's a, that's a much different movie. Um, and I'm like, she sings. She's sung in a few things. Oh, and really? In, well, in 2007, she was in Across the Universe singing. Oh. Ha- as She was like, played like seven nurses Another all singing Happiness is a Warm Gun. Ooh. Oh, it's it's a good one to miss. That movie is not great. Yeah, they were um, casting like extras for it when I first moved to New York. And I, that was when I, I like was like two weeks into moving to New York. And I was like, should I go to this extras call? And then I was like. That sounds like a drag. And I didn't. <laughs> but I always associate. There's a few films that like I remember looking at. I went to like one extras call when I first moved to New York for some. Right. Matt Damon, Angelina Jolie film. Matt Damon and Angelina Jolie would be the Robert De Niro directed The Good Shepherd. Yeah. I went. I did not. Mm-hmm. 
book. And I thought, you know what? That means I'm never meant to be an extra unless someone handpicks me to then have lines. Yeah, I I was I didn't do extra work for too many movies. I I did extra work for several TV shows. And uh, as we discussed in Beetlejuice, I was a stand in for a day on Birdman. But uh, the one movie I think I, I, I did extra work was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which I got very starstruck by because it was a scene ben stiller movie but it was a scene with the antagonist adam scott so we're all outside it's an ah. outdoor scene and they're like breaking for with adam scott is like giving ben stiller some guff and they break and we're all like walking to like the craft services and i'm like so close to adam scott and i just want to be like I, I wanted to start power walking so i could go bot past him and go like big fan and go like <laughs> so that i could get far away from him so i wasn't stuck where you're like oh i guess we're both going to the same place would you have been um, like are we having fun yet? <laughs> are we yet? having fun yet? Yeah, this was after Party Down, so I would I I would not have done that. Apparently, but... Scoop is he does actually enjoy hearing that when people well, say that at him. Next time it's... I see him, I'm screaming it from Be- across the street. Because it's so niche, you know? It's like, oh, that's cool. That's nice. Uh, but all that said, uh, Selma Hawk is an interesting choice, and I'm, I'm glad that she was considered yeah that's cool um yeah she's she's very talented also someone man i'd love to see someone animated based on her what a face <sighs> absolutely absolutely gorge gorge uh laura dern was considered oh, interesting this before, the before the dernissance she was... I, to be honest i can't really see this no i mean the previous year she was doing inland empire with david lynch is like she's this just like nothing to me okay the point being that she's doing david lynch movies so to yeah, go like disney different. being like we want that actor from all those david lynch movies wild at heart blue velvet inland umpire Although, Get us Laura if, Dern. if it were made now, she'd be a great Narissa. <gasps> she would be. She'd yeah. be a wonderful Narissa. Queen Renata. Queen Renata. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I do fully understand this casting option. Zoe Deschanel auditioned. For sure. Which I get it. I mean, she sings. She also she's has very those gigantic eyes that look like she walked eyes. out of a comic yeah. book. Um, this was... <laughs> wild of how busy her 2007 was these are all the things that zoe deschanel had come out 2007 which is why she could not have done enchanted she Mm -hmm. was too busy doing the sci-fi channel miniseries tin man with alan cumming and neil mcdonough which is a riff on wizard of oz well you'd think the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford Mm-hmm. An episode of Weeds, mm-hmm. voicing a penguin in the movie Surfs Up with Jeff Bridges. Didn't we all? Uh, Bridge to Terabithia. Oh. She's in a short film called Raving, directed by Julia Stiles. Mm-hmm. She was in these uh, these indie films, The Go-Getter, The Good Life, and Flakes, which is about a guy who runs a cereal bar. And though his girlfriend, clothing designer, Miss Pussy Cats, Zoe Deschanel, encourages him to pursue his dreams of becoming a rock star. He gets entangled in a rivalry with an aspiring capitalist who opens his own cereal bar next door. It's like a stupider version of Stranger Than Fiction. Doesn't she have like a bakery? Yes, but she's the... Yes, I guess. It's still like a kind of, I'm going to do something kooky because it's the height of manic pixie dream girlness. Strange in the fiction is a lot more going on than flakes. That's what I'm saying. It's a stupider version of strange in the fiction. It's called flakes and it doesn't have Emma Thompson in it. Or Queen Latifah. Or Queen Latifah. Come or on. Dustin Hoffman or Will Ferrell. It, it's really only got Zoe Deschanel because the lead guy in that is this guy, Aaron Stanford, who's probably best known for being like the fire guy in X-Men 2 and 3. My eyebrows are raised indicating he's not well-known for anything. <laughs> he is not. Jennifer Garner was offered the role but turned it down. And she's one that, I mean, based on like 13 going on 30. Which I skipped very gladly. Sure. I've just seen clips. Well, she is 
delightful in at least the clips that I've seen of X. I've not seen the full movie. But in terms of someone that I think that could do, could nail that princess acting where you're not, uh, like real life princess, where you're not completely sure yeah grading to be you're not playing at being a cartoon yeah you're just fully honoring the like this is this is i'm this cartoon princess now in the real world maybe that's what the thing is i'm not a fan of rom-coms when i like a rom-com it is a movie like this Mm -hmm. which is more leans heavier on the calm I mean, because I like a sure. like a romance movie if it's good, like yes, yes, yes. Pride and Prejudice. I'll watch sure, it all sure, day. Sure. A, a comedy that is a romantic comedy. I feel like Thirteen Going Thirty falls more under that category. It is most a comedy slash a fantasy. Okay. It's like Big. No, I know Big it's, isn't a romantic comedy. He's still whatever having a who's he? What's it with true, Elizabeth? But Perkins. I think part of why it's not a romantic comedy is because it stars a man. <laughs> Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, do. I feel like a lot I get of people like center moments like, I gotta find love. I get it. But yes, to, to be I don't, fair, I've I not don't, seen 13 going on 30. I do not 30. disagree. But when your cover of your movie is your lead female and is not your lead female and the love interest. Right. That to me is the difference. If, you're, if your poster is you got the guy and the girl, then you're like, oh, you're selling this as a romantic comedy. I suppose it's true. But it's all her blowing bubblegum in her, in her like dress. Like a miscongeniality situation. Yeah, where there's a romance, but you wouldn't call miscongeniality a romantic comedy. I guess not, other than it stars Sandy Bullock, which makes me think it might be. Uh, my favorite romantic comedy, Gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but what is she mostly known for? Uh, for when I was growing up, a slew of rom-coms. For me, it was speed. I'll never forgive her for the fact that oh. I got forced to see Two Uh-oh. Weeks Notice in the theaters. Oh, okay. Well, that was a real woof of a film. I... Real woof. I didn't want to go. No. I went. No. My friend's mom talked no. through the entire movie. You tried I to would... give your two weeks notice to uh, seeing the film? <laughs> I, tr- I really did. Before I went, I was like, I don't want to go. But it's like, this is the activity we've planned on today. So I think maybe that is why I have a chip on my shoulder. I get it. And I guess it's not her fault, but it feels like it is. But all that is to say is I feel like Jennifer Ghana could have done a good job. But in 2007, she was doing Juno, which was uh, kind of the other thing she does is now is like very the the mom roles and stuff like I've forgotten she was in Simon. And well, she's the one that's getting that baby. She's getting Juno's baby. Oh. It's her and Jason Bateman, and but he's like, I'm a no good Nick, and I just want to do my music and uh, maybe awkwardly hit on this pregnant teenager. I remember Ellen Page, and I was about to say Michael Cerveris. <laughs> okay. No, that would be uncomfortable. Michael Sarah. Yes, very different. Well, I'm surprised you forgot the iconic stepmom. Well, Allison Jamie. Uh, okay. I hadn't of finished. Course. I had an applied comma. I just forgot. Um, the Michael C. I was talking about, not two-time Tony Award winner, much older cool. Michael Cerverus. Cerverus winning that first Tony for playing John Wilkes Booth in Assassins. Oh, was it that? I didn't know if it was that or if it was who's Tommy. Uh, I think he's nominated. But the fact, imagining winning has John John Wilkes Booth on Broadway 2002, then playing a teenage track star in Juno, and then going right into Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Michael Cerverus is one of the most terrifying-looking people in the universe. Yes, Sweeney Todd and Fun Home. He just plays a lot of creepy looking dudes so imagining him as pop- popping those orange tic tacs and juno <laughs> just being like um uh, let me just call you on your hamburger phone juno it's me michael Cerverus. uh and finally cameron diaz wanted the part but producers turned her down because she wanted too big of a salary uh, a real Jennifer Aniston situation. Not, well, we've discussed Cameron Diaz before in Chicago, yeah. but I was I was cu- curious. So I looked it up because we talked about it. We didn't know. If, I didn't know if she was dubbed in The Mask or not. Right. Uh, she sure was dubbed in The Mask. Yeah. Now, she does have several singing credits. And because she, she was, I forgot that she was Miss Hannigan in that uh, <gasps> remake of Annie with Jamie Foxx. Did where, she? But did she? 
Shrek, those aren't actual movie musicals. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Shrek, those aren't actually movies. Uh, and you're, you're right, they're not. Um, but no, they're not musicals. They're not singing. But in 2007, that's what she did instead was Shrek the Third. But she does sing in a few things, including Annie. She sings Little Girls. But I, I looked it up on, on YouTube. It's one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. Not just because of her. It's also like, I, I feel like it's partial. Maybe I'm wrong, but it felt like it was half the Broadway version of Little Girls and half like new, Uh-oh. Ver- like not even lyrics, but like a new br- like music. Arrangement? It was, yeah, it was weird. Well, you've heard me sing it a few times, so you're yes, probably familiar. True. Uh, but all that is to say is that uh, I, I do not think Cameron Diaz would have been a great I choice think, for you know, this you role. You can date Justin Timberlake, but that doesn't mean he, he can teach you what he knows about Now, music. if Justin Timberlake had dubbed the singing voice of Giselle, now we're getting somewhere. Not far, but somewhere. Also, Justin Timberlake would have been a great uh, uh, cast in terms of like the casting you I, where you could like I could see them having done it, but I'm so glad they didn't for the Prince, the Prince, Prince I Edward for the James Marsden role. Yeah. I could have seen Justin like, Timberlake. He's on SNL. He's funny. He can be funny. He, he is, he's yeah. I've seen. I mean, he's good in the Social Network. He's pretty decent in this movie, Friends with Benefits, with Mila Kunis, where that's I mean, the title is the entire plot line where they're friends with benefits. But mm-hmm. will they actually? Be boyfriend girlfriend. Oh, uh, um, but let's keep it moving with Robert Philip. Amy, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Patrick Dempsey? Now, here and I who have would you cast notes. if you could cast here someone else? I have some notes. <laughs> Here's the thing: he could have been worse. He absolutely he, it could have been, been. It worse. could have been like John Travolta. It could have been someone. <laughs> um, John Travolta, at least. No, but John Travolta as uh, what's his face in The People vs. O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never unsee it. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Serious, serious, serious podcast about the Disney film Enchanted. Serious topics. Um, here's the thing. I will say, rewatching it this time, Uh he's fine. He's totally serviceable. He executes the job just fine. And honestly, I'd rather the Mm -hmm. like female lead outshine the male lead. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I I just I I've never watched a, an episode of Grey's Anatomy, Nor which I. is what I understand him to mm-hmm. be famous from. Yeah, he's one of the Mick Someones. Yeah, he Mick Dreamy. Mick he was like a bit. He was big in the eighties. He had like all the like like the same time that like Rob. It's kind of like Brat a Rob pack? Lowe. Yeah, I don't know if he was actually considered part of the Brat Pack, but he was in like whatever. They're all like the same age. Yeah, Lover Boy and like Can't Buy Me Love and like all garbage all like eighties rom coms. Yeah. Right, but I feel like he was kind of a similar similar to a Rob Lowe. Like he was big okay. in the eighties and then he was kind of. Dis- Disappeared, and then he was like, now I'm going to do TV and get big again. He's totally serviceable. But here, here's the thing. Where Amy Adams has this beautiful arc where she goes from this princess and the, the voice and everything. Yeah. And then, like, she she comes to a different point at the end. Mm-hmm. So does his character. Yeah. But, like, we see him soften, but it's just a much more pedestrian performance, which it should be. Yeah. But it could be better. Like, Absolutely. you know, I just think yeah. it could be he. I, a lot of the people I have on my list are people that are comedians or skew more comedic that mm. I think could play the first half. Yeah. Really well. Well, I mean, it's like it's a real straight man role. Yeah. Uh, but you need to really be funny to do that. Well, you know? well, yes. But you need to be funny at being a straight man, which yes. I mean, it's like Patrick Dempsey is a straight man type. 
uh, I just not, find him so he's boring. He's not funny at it. Like, yeah, like yeah. when they're doing That's How You Know, the, yeah. beautiful, the beautiful song. I Truly, this last time we watched it, I, <laughs> I got so emotional because it's just like... You know, I haven't been out wandering through Central Park, just aimlessly wandering. Me like, oh, I'll go to Bethesda Terrace. Like, yeah, this movie it does give you a real nostalgia for pre-pandemic. Yeah, I was just like, oh, can you imagine shooting like this huge scene with all these people on Bethesda Terrace, one of my favorite places in all New York? I definitely was like, (laughs) like we were watching with with my parents, and I was like, I don't want my parents to see me like uh, just actively crying (laughs) during this uh, silly movie musical. But anyway, um, all that is to say, like, there's the the bit where everyone's everyone gets up when they're in the like half shelf thing and she's doing the thing with the girl little girl playing rapunzel and everyone does the same like hand gesture the kind of like jazz hands around the face Uh and then he kind of like agrees to do it and it's just like it's fine but like if you have someone who's actually like funny and i think just has more more charm Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. and i mean charm in like a playful sense not just like oh this is an attractive person of a particular age i believe could be a lawyer i don't actually know if he is a dad but you need someone where you like you you buy that like even they've got like that stiffness you could see where they're playing with their kid you can see someone where you're you're playing and you're like being like i'm a monster now and i'm playing with my little daughter and you're like i thought up until basically the um aforementioned quote-unquote dance <laughs> sequence at the end uh-huh. um he actually worked quite well off that young girl i like bought their he, dynamic yeah partially because he's like such a straight laced like right 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 yeah, like so, ramrod kind of guy but so anyway who do you got, who do you got? Right, i have i have a number of different thoughts right i have so for this kind of like these some of these people that skew more comedic i have like a paul rudd i was i was thinking him too he is almost too comedic because the yes. few times i've seen him where he's the straight man and he doesn't get to be specifically this movie dinner for schmucks with steve carell right. where it's like it's an awkward fit where he's kind of you don't want him to be too angry, but I so see him being yeah. the person that's like, I'm, well, I'm not going to dance. And then he's nodding his head in beat with the music. And he's like, it's oh, dang actually it. hilarious. Right. You know, right, right, right. And, and I, I think I would buy that journey to loosening up True. more because like we yeah. get to someone who's more loosened up. Uh, similarly, Keegan-Michael Key. Oh, love that. Because I took, he, yeah, you, know, you yeah, see yeah. him play. I mean, that's also the benefit of getting someone who's a really good actor in addition yeah. to having a background in sketch. Sure. Is, the like sketch comedians are used to playing all kinds of characters yeah you know and as part of a sketch duo a lot of times you're playing the straight man a lot of times you're playing the wild card so like he's absolutely done both so i think he could be fun i also have rob lowe on here yeah (laughs) he's like a little too goofy but i think that's also just because that's what we've seen him do in In parks and rec sure but like if you go west wing go back to like he can be this is a guy i buy as a lawyer but who i know can be funny um and I similarly have Adam Scott. That's when you said Paul Rudd, I was like, I wonder if you also have Adam Scott. Cause that mm-hmm. I can see a the bit more of the person that's just like, I'm too straight laced. I can't be dancing in the streets. Like And then wait a minute, what joy. But also how funny of where the first two thirds, it's him just being like just thinking she's a crazy person that he's falling in love yes, with. And yes. just being like, uh-huh, yeah, your prince is coming. Sure. Which I can so see and be delighted by Absolutely. the reads that Adam Scott would give on that. Yeah. 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 Um, my thoughts were the, the first person that came to mind, then I was like, oh, he's almost, he's too in between Robert and Prince Edward would have been Hugh Jackman. I thought a similar kind of thing, but like, also it's almost because he weird, sings, you know? Exactly. But it's kind of weird to imagine if you have Hugh Jackman as your Robert of like, because I can so see that like young Hugh Jackman as yeah. like Prince Edward of that, like 
when he just leaning into the ham bone. Um, John Cho is also someone. Really, oh, really, John yeah. Cho, Adam Scott. Just thinking of people that auditioned for Jim in the Office. Um, Absolutely, uh, no, it's a similar. Energy, is very yeah. similar. I think would have been so so good. Um, and because I mentioned him with Portia de Rossi, uh, Jay Harrington who was the lead in Better Off Ted is a very similar oh. where he's got a young daughter and he's got yeah. like the kind of the straight man energy, but he's got that perfect like little like sarcastic wink where he's like, eh, okay. Uh, he's apparently now on the show SWAT, which he's been on since 2017. So he's been on that for like 70 something episodes. Whoa, so if you watch whoa. SWAT, uh, he's apparently on that, but uh, I think he would have been real good too. Very similar mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. roles to what he did on Better but Off Ted. But more comedic more of yes, that's what yes, i mean yes, like yes. understanding like how do i when i'm playing opposite these people who are so pitch perfect yeah. in this style i can't match that mm-hmm. style but i have to understand how to complement yeah. that style better well let's see if you think any of the people that were up for robert were better than patrick dempsey oh, let's yeah, kick yeah. it off val kilmer turned it down no! <laughs> he could have really used the career boost because this is like after he well, was but the movie could have used him saying no to dvd non direct um i yeah i guess i mean i, I don't know i like him better than patrick dempsey I suppose although he, he, he's not someone with a light touch val kilmer that's that's the thing yeah. what was that movie that we watched where he played a spy and did all the worst accents in the world that would be uh the saint from the 90s <laughs> action film the saint i mean it was screaming funny of wacky disguises which and was the one dialects. that was the best australian um, oh, is I thought it was the South African where he's just got this long hair to like the romantic. Oh, it was terrible. South African oh where he was like, gosh. you're making him do this for most of the movie. You're, you're like your main disguise is supposed to be Val Kilmer, a South African. Yeah, he's movie? just not someone I think of as. as yeah, he's kind of a. And look, I am similarly kind of a bulldozer. <laughs> um, but I, I'm a bulldozer, hopefully in a film like this in the right way. And for him, I don't I don't see it working out. Sure. No, I agree. Keanu Reeves turned it down. Uh, it's so different, but I kind of love I, it. I see it more than Val Kilmer. <laughs> I don't. I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't hate it. I don't love it. Him, him. I buy more of the like. Well, I guess this is just my yeah, life now, dealing thing. with this woman that thinks she's a princess. I buy him kind of like taking things as they come and being like, I'm overwhelmed by the right. by my current life situation, and <laughs> whoops, now it's even weirder. I mean, it would be so bad, but I I think he'd actually be better as Prince. Yes, uh, that's very uh, a very Dantony in Edward. Uh, Dangerous Liaisons energy, just yeah. kind of hapless and enthusiastic. But it would be just like the full like Bill and Ted of just like Giselle, we will be married Giselle, tomorrow. We'll be married tomorrow, <laughs> Baraccio. <laughs> Charlie Sheen turned it down because he was committed to two and a half men. I think that worked out well for uh, all of us. I agree. Although I honestly think he would have been better than Patrick Dempsey. Yes, however, uh, no, I trust i never need to i never am like god you know what this movie could use charlie sheen 100 percent more charlie sheen (laughs) i know Uh, oh that sound means it is time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy what's fun about this part is me imagining game show music in my head uh Uh, yes listen at home this music that you just heard is uh added post production editing magic it's not live in also, the room jeff does all the research and all the editing <laughs> behind the scenes i sit around watching murder <laughs> mysteries on the tv you still have to watch the movie and you still have to do your research on figuring out who you would cast now you're right that's about your that work. jeffrey that's your work now the way that two truths and some guy works two of the following actors were up for the role of robert and one is a lie some guy and we just guess which is which so your options are Edward Norton, 
Sean Penn and Ben Stiller. (laughs) I just made several faces. Okay, well, I saw, as I've revealed in earlier episodes, everyone says I love you in college, Mm -hmm. which Edward Norton is in. And he's not. I mean, this girl I mean, doesn't have to sing. No, he 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 just sings along in that last to that song, song, and that no one knows. No one knows. So close, oh, close and so, yet to no cigar. Yet, um, um, hmm. hmm. <laughs> These are all uncomfortable. Oh, okay. which one was not considered? Yeah, hmm. Ed Norton, Sean Penn, and Ben Stiller. Here's the deal. I actually think, even though I'm glad he did not get this role, that Sean Penn would have been like pretty good in this. He's just, I think, a better actor than Patrick Dempsey. I mean, he's got two Oscars. Well, and Patrick Dempsey? No Oscars. No nominations. No nominations, dum dum. <laughs> Get out of here, Dempsey. Get out of here. <laughs> Hear that, Dempsey? We're the Oscars. You're not a welcome. We're dumping on Dempsey. Dumping on Dempsey. Um. And on uh, this Oscars are... <laughs> baloney, and we all know that, however. However, I would watch the Oscars if they had a segment called The Dempsey Dump, where they just dump on Dempsey, and they're like, Hey, Dempsey, remember when you didn't get nominated for Loverboy? Oh. Hey, Dempsey, remember when you didn't get nominated for Grey's Anatomy? Because that's a TV show and I not a do. movie. Hey, Dempsey, remember when you didn't get nominated for Maid of Honor, M-A-D-E, where you're playing the Maid of Honor to Michelle Monaghan, who you wish you could be marrying? Yeah, once again, no Oscars. You just got dumped, Dempsey. You got dumped, but you did get a paycheck, and that is... (sighs) No, you you Dumpsy. You Dumped. Patrick Dumpsy. Okay, now I've forgotten everything we were talking about. Yes, Sean Penn Edward has two Oscars. Norton, Sean Edward Penn Norton and also had ben an Oscar Stiller. nomination. Edward Norton was nominated for, off the top of my head, Primal Fear, American History X, and Birdman. He had three nominations. Well, fresh out the gate with Primal Fear, it's his yeah. first movie role, and everyone was like, this card's amazing. I thought we were dancing, man. And then two years later, American History X, he's so different from that movie Primal Fear. Ugh. And then it was like almost two decades, and then people were like, oh, you know what? Now you're poking fun at your image by playing an act, an insufferable actor that nobody likes. So good for you, Ed Norton. We're dumping on Norton. We're having some slight self-awareness, <laughs> but yet still apparently being difficult to work with. Well, of course. Um, Who is the third one? Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Who actually, like, I can maybe, I can see any of them being considered. Sure. Enough. But one of them wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and therein lies the game of Two Truths and why Some you Guy. So good at putting these <sighs> together. It drives me crazy because I like to win. Listener at home, it's one of my favorite things about this pod <laughs> is doing this game where I just come up with another guy that I'm like, or another woman, you know, gender's dead, uh, to be like, ooh, this person would have been good. And I bet I could stump Amy. Let me think. Let me think. Or Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) (laughs) Would he have been better than Dempsey? Ooh. You know what? No. He would would have annoyed me more. Yeah. I can't see. No. Because you don't want someone who's got that like cocky kind of like, hey, I know that ladies love me because of my stupid accent. No. I'm from Texas. I can say it. Um, (laughs) I've just tossed my hair dramatically. Sean Penn. Incorrect. <clears throat> Double or nothing? Well, it's gonna be nothing. I don't get a prize. <laughs> you do. You get second place. 
I wish you could see how far back I just rolled my eyes in my head. Um, Edward Norton. Ben Stiller was the guy not considered hmm. for Enchanted, but see, I thought he would have been actually pretty good about be- that playing that straight man. Um, yeah, no, Edward Norton. Who I actually think would have been good. I think of these choices, I kind of like Ed Norton I think so, too. He is a difficult actor, but in terms of being like, oh, you're a divorced lawyer. I I buy that he would have like a more nuanced and maybe defter touch. Yeah, you got the like, oh, I I can't be dancing and singing. I'm Edward Norton. I'm a lawyer. I've got to go convince Tonya Pinkins to divorce this guy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's move on to Prince Edward. Amy Jo, your thoughts on James Marsden and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I don't know if I've really seen James Marsden in anything else. Was yeah. He, was he a Dawson's Creek person? I don't believe so. I mean, I mean, the Is X-Men that a James, movies. James someone, so-and-so? Um, James Vanderbeek. Oh. <laughs> Look, I missed television in the 90s. I was watching West Side right, Story. Right, uh, Well, he was in, did you see any of the X-Men movies? Because he was in the first three. Oh, Cy- was he, he was Cyclops. Cyclops? Well, yeah, but he's wearing yeah. a giant He's wearing those big old sunglasses. Skirt. I did see the first two. No, I saw yeah. all the first well, three. Well, regardless, that, um, that yes. was kind of his like big jumping off thing. Um, Here's the thing. I think he is so funny he's in this so movie. so funny in this. Just the way that he says everything, the inflective pattern is perfect. And I, of course, am someone who is very, because I'm a voice and text and dialect coach mm-hmm. as like one of my hats that I wear, I'm very sensitive to the vocal choices being made and they're so dead on the and then the way he like when he thinks he's spotted her in central park or yeah. he hears her and he goes giselle and then bites his glove excitedly <laughs> like but i it makes me laugh just thinking about it every time it's great it's like such good comedic timing i honestly think he's one of those actors that he's just if he wasn't so handsome he would have had a great role in com a, a bigger in role yeah. in comedies because i mean he works all the time i mean he was just in sonic the hedgehog which made a bajillion dollars um but i mean he also does he's a, he's a good straight man as well mm-hmm. and, and he's but he's kind of yeah he's kind of a weird in between but he's like so it's, good in certain things he's so funny but i think you're right i think that there's you know because he's I, also in in 2007 the other thing he was in was he's in the movie of hairspray as, oh. cor- as corny he's corny collins oh. and he's great as yeah, corny I can collins see that working great which is like but also a surprise it's like a one-two punch of like james marsden like where'd you i feel like come if he had gone and tried to do broadway more so than hollywood there would have been more wiggle room for him to do musical comedy oh, sure. clearly he also sings yeah but like i do think that there's more allowance for really attractive people to be funny, at least in musical theater, because musical yeah. comedy is such a revered genre. In like off Broadway kind of stuff, it can be harder. Yeah. Um. But I think that he might have actually like been able to do more comedically if he'd been working on stage. Yeah. But he's just really nice in comedies, and I, I, I mean, I guess he does. Is Sonic is a comedy, and like he's in comedies, but like I, I like broader like whatever like he i think he's a better actor than he gets credit for Mm -hmm. i mean he was on westworld at least the first two seasons i watched and he's good but he doesn't he barely has anything to do Mm. he's like one of the robots in the park so he mainly is just like i'm a cowboy and i don't know anything else and like that's where you're like oh who's a handsome cowboy that doesn't know that he's in a simulation james marston james marston Um, do you have anyone else that you would cast if, I mean, if you had to? And it's okay if you don't. Not really. I have one. There's thought. only one other actor that was up for it. Oh, so really? clearly they had trouble yeah, as well. My my thought 
And by trouble, I mean they were like, stop drilling. We hit oil. We're hey, baby, hey. Austin. My thought is someone who actually at this point in time is kind of mm-hmm. more in between Edward and sure. uh, and, and Robert. Yeah. These are, the names are too names similar. Names are good. You got to go, I, he's got to do like the prince. lawyer and the prince. So yeah, the okay. prince, for the prince. So for the prince. Um, and I think part of it is that he's also uh, less traditionally like ridiculously handsome than mm-hmm. James Marsden. But one of the funniest people on the face of the planet is Christian Borle. I was thinking him too. I mean, he's not as well. He's not really no, known. Exactly. He was on Smash. And, you yeah, know, yeah but, you're right, right. He was on Smash. He's, he's been a in a few Tony's. of those, uh, uh, like Broadway Live. He's in the Sound of Music Live and Peter the Pan Peter Pan Live. Pan live. Yeah. He's just one of the one, absolute yeah. funniest he's performers. Consistently, almost excruciatingly funny. Um, you're just I when we went and saw Little Shop. Like right before yeah. everything shut down, I do remember thinking, "How dare you be that funny?" Um, so, like, I think again, if this were like done on stage, sure, he'd be a, a fun choice for that. But I think like he's now aged more into playing the lawyer, but would still be very funny. But I don't have yeah. a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> the one person who reportedly turned it down, and part of me is like, "Is this real, or was this person considered for Robert?" Because Russell Crowe reportedly turned it down. And what, what, what are we talking about? It would have to be about? like a very different prince. It'd be more like, I'm gruff. And, but it's not a Disney yeah, film. Yeah, that's, that's like the Huntsman. That's like the yeah. version where Giselle's getting mistaken for a stripper. But even then, it's like, I can't, I see him as the lawyer. I, I could oh, actually see him as Robert. You but... know who else was on both of my lists that Who's I that? thought of was like an earlier, uh, this film being made earlier would be Paul Rudd would also be funny as the, as the prince. Oh, absolutely. I see that. I so I, funny. I and that. he, man, does that guy know style. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just think, I mean, just thinking about how American Summer, even like, you know, he doesn't do it, but I could see Bradley Cooper. In actually oh, either role. I think yeah. actually he would have been a oh, much he'd better be fantastic as the dad. Robert as the dad. Yeah. I mean he's a little a little young in two thousand seven, or maybe not. I, I could be I could be mistaken. But the um, kid's like six, I think she says. Like Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But we know he sings. I'm sorry, who who are you doing right now? Bradley Cooper. Oh Bradley Cooper singing um in is that Star is Born? Oh, I don't know the man part. I only know Gaga's part. I love that time. I love that moment in Star is Born when Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga sing. I saw the movie most of it one time. But I've heard the song. In the shallows yeah anyway the point is i see it sure 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 sure. but russell crowe i mean like of course because the only other thing i'm like russell crowe a musical lame is a raw nobody what's that with that what was that one like review on the person online that they described it it as how he just sings like he's got a mouthful of pancakes yep yep. oh i've never forgotten that i've treasured it always i think i I was thinking of some of the people in the lame is movie for this i was just like no. Well, I mean, they're Hugh Jackman, not... but he's kind of in between. Well, but... I'm I'm more like oh, okay. Eddie Redmayne and Aaron Tveit and people that are like, oh sure, that are fine, but they're not they're not funny, right? Oh, see, I mean, even thinking of that entire cast of like imagining like a Anne Hathaway or Amanda Seyfried as Giselle and I could see Amanda Seyfried, okay? Yeah, she's I mean, got she's got those, those huge eyes. She looks like eyes. a deer, you know, <laughs> um, and she's she's funny. Yeah, we've seen her on the American stage. Yeah, you know. True. Um, but it's hard to compete with Amy Adams being perfect. It is. All right. So no, Russell Crowe, you're lying, sir. Crowe, 
canceled. Get him out of here. No, we do not want your pancake singing mouth. Um, and finally, we have Narissa, the evil sorceress, played by Susan Sarandon. Who are your thoughts on Susan Sarandon, Amy Joe? And if you had to cast someone else. Okay, here's the thing. I have a lot of thoughts on her. Mm-hmm. She's not bad. In some parts, she's good. But like, there's a certain thing to playing a villain, especially when most of it is voice acting. Yeah. Which the she's m- mainly a little m- cartoon. And she's she, mainly she, in a booth she recording only, this. Yeah, she 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 had to have done like three days of shooting max then as she a person. Into a dragon, you know. Yeah, but yeah. she she comes in like she's probably shot. She probably did one day as a human, in- and then. Or the one is human. She, she comes out of the manhole. One is a human at the dance, and then yeah. one day we had to put her in old hag makeup at, at the, the dance. dance. Yeah, and the rest of it, she's either a cartoon or she's a big old dragon. Yeah, and I just don't think that her it's it's particularly. I think she's pretty good as the hag. Yeah, um, she's seeming to be having fun with that and kind of like pushing that. But there's a thing with a villain in a cartoon thing, and I speak from experience. She's having some gross fun. With the tongue acting as yes. the hag. There's a lot of like. But when she's when she's back as Narissa, even though she does that tongue thing as as Narissa, it's just not as gross because you don't have those fake teeth in there. Right. It's just there's not as much relish to it as I want. Like she's she's fine in person, but she's not as good on the voice acting. Yeah. I just feel like she's not exactly one eight hundred enchanted. I'd like to phone in this performance. <laughs> I'm just not used it, to her in like such a heightened. Yeah, it's not role. enough. Because she's inc- she's been she's incredible in so many things. I mean, she's, she's talking about Dead Man Walking. She's like she's amazing. Thelma and Louise. She's an amazing actor, but specifically in this. If her entrance into New York City right. is going to be her shooting like fire and lasers out of her fingers while crossing a crosswalk, and she okay. does that walk great. I need to hear that in everything that precedes it. And I just don't. Or I don't quite. It's like not quite up to, you know. It doesn't feel like she is. I guess she's the queen at this point. Right? She's the queen of this land. Uh, This is worried about getting her throne. She she doesn't give. She's not giving queen. She's giving the like, I'm the person scheming to be the whatever, but not the person I also already have such power. She's not really owning. Yeah, and you listen like to yeah. those like old school Disney villain performances. You listen to I forget what's her name who played the evil queen in the Hag in Snow White. That's like it's so old fashioned yet still such a fully deeply realized resonant voice. You listen to who is it Gertrude Lawrence as um uh madame medusa in and granted gertrude lawrence oh, the was rescuers in the rescuers yeah gertrude lawrence was one of our great theater actors mm. of the mid middle of the last century but like that i rewatched that when i was working on ursula because i just like watched a lot of villain stuff i was blown away by the nuance and the depth and the fully lived inness. and you don't even think about this being a person in a booth recording these lines it's yeah. this fully lived in person that matches the thing that we're seeing Whereas I just didn't quite get that with Susan Sarandon. Again, she wasn't bad. And I understand the choice of having her in this. But Mm -hmm. it's just like, she's not great. And you want her to be great. Especially when the other cartoon characters are like nailing it. Sure. So, who do you get? Well, part of the thing that I think is also missing is a villain song. Now, I don't think Susan Sarandon sings. But Mm. if you add a song for her, that also helps flesh out the performance yeah it is i mean she is on the sidelines so much because you've got timothy spalls and nathaniel the henchman that's really there 
doing the thing the whole time mm-hmm. where she's just like occasionally popping in. It doesn't yeah. feel where it's like the movies you don't it feel it feels like they all they might have considered that. I'm sure I feel, I'm sure there's like some song that she could Mankin have sung and a song as the wrote. dragon, you know? Yes, by the, by that point it's like we were trying to, trying get, to get to the, the end, end of the no, movie. We're trying to get to the happy dance off between this family. Oh yeah. yeah. <sighs> But but we could there there is a version of this where you trim a few minutes from something of else course. and you put it toward a song for this character either in animated land because we never see that what well, we do at the very beginning um, or or you know when she's in New York City like when she enters or something, I don't know yeah, yeah, yeah there's a version of that so anyway uh-huh. if you want her to sing mm-hmm. um, we know Meryl sings and does oh. villainy great oh of course um, I also thought like Jennifer Holiday like Ooh, she, sure she's someone who is not afraid of strong vocal choice. Yeah. Is both sung and spoken. If it's not sung, um, Kate Blanchett, come on. Like we've seen between Cinderella and Thor Ragnarok. And I mean, she's done a ton yeah. of like other stuff. She but, can like, do heightened roles. She I mean, knows she played what style. Bob Dylan, baby. She played Bob Dylan. <laughs> she knows what style she's in, and she Absolutely. will play that with no apology of to the course. hilt. So I feel no, like that great. would be great. Obviously, Eartha Kitt. That's who I was thinking. I'll just, just bring back Yzma. So, well, she's kind of animated to look like Susan Sarandon, but with a, yeah. a kind of like that. Same, it is an like, Yzma of Emperor's New Groove. Well, it's like bent. Eartha Kitt has, has those like those really like defined, sharp like yeah. cheekbones. Yeah. And, everything, you know. um, and then I also thought, and I can't believe I'm going to suggest this. Um, I, I really like her, but I feel like she's overused in parts that I wish she hadn't gotten. Okay. But I think she would have been great in this. And that's Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, uh, yeah. Because that's yeah. someone who of is course. not going to mark. Well, that, well, that's that was she was shooting um one of the Harry Potter films at the same time as uh, the King's Speech, and her daughter was like, "Mommy, are, are you go? Are you playing the Queen or the Witch today?" And Helena <laughs> Carter was like, "Yeah, I guess that about sums up my career." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Queen or the Witch, and this is both the Queen and the exactly. Witch. Exactly. So um, she'd have been great. She would have really. I get what you're saying, but Helena Bonham Carter would have been so good. I this. want someone who's gonna take their teeth. And mm. not just lick them, but bite the scenery sure. and go like munch, munch, munch. But but do that yeah. in the booth and not just when they're there in costume. Yeah. And I understand that that helps a lot. But yeah. like, if you're gonna be doing a voice acting thing, you gotta figure it out. It really felt like they got she had like a hole in her schedule and like I'm free these two weeks Absolutely. and they're like great let me let me just like I'll, I'll film we'll for it, I'll it film for the week it. and I'll just go in a booth and, and record my lines in an hour and be done and like yeah. yada yada I'm out of here but let's see what you think about these people so right off the bat Jessica Lang audition oh I love Jessica Lang yeah she's wonderful so good I, oh. I think she'd have been great oh my gosh remember when we were, what we were seeing the Waverly Gallery we were seeing the Waverly Gallery you and I were and we oh walked, yeah we were walking out of the theater and I see this older woman with like this hair that's like blown out and i was like that woman looks like a movie star and then i thought that woman is, is jessica lane <laughs> <laughs> oh i get it oh uh, she's so good so good uh, i would have loved her i also would have loved our girl gina davis reportedly wanted the yes, role which yes. she really could have used because she was coming off of uh commander in chief her show which won her a golden globe but did not make it past 19 episodes Aww. which is her where she's now the president and no one yeah. saw it. it won her golden globe but then I, I remember her winning the golden globe because back when i watched stuff like that and i was like what is this show and the show was immediately canceled which is like <sighs> what's the point what's the point of your dumb awards if they don't do a dang thing um but i would have loved gina just like sticking it to her old thumb on louise costa susan <laughs> sarandon <laughs> i'll take it from here Suze. <laughs> 
uh, Mary Steenburgen auditioned, oh, yeah, who I sure. love. Yeah, she's of great. Back to the Future Three and Ragtime and, and Step Brothers. We forget. Um, yes. <laughs> She was in Fairy Tale Theater. Oh boy. The Little Red Riding Hood episode where she played Little Red Riding Hood to Malcolm McDowell's Big Bad Wolf. Well, there you go. Malcolm McDowell is Narissa. That's an option. I want Malcolm McDowell to be in more movies. <laughs> of course. I mean, he. the thing is, he makes so many movies. They're just a lot of tiny, teeny, tiny direct to DVD yeah, sure. things where he's, he's playing like, like the big bad who shows uh, up in one scene at the beginning. I'll don't care on Malcolm McDowell. Exactly. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee was considered, but was turned down because she looked too young for the part, which I get. That's, yeah, totally. Like she's even now in 2020 still, I mean, the last thing I can remember seeing her in was the hateful eight. And she's still like reads Some people younger. have, have a baby face. She's just a shorter. I, I feel like she's shorter, which ties it, it goes into it when you're playing like whatever, like the, the, the evil queen type, sure. you want like that stature. Animated most of the movie. Yeah, but. To be, but if you're going to animate someone to be of a certain stature, and then they come out in real life as teeny tiny she's Jennifer Jason Leigh, next to, I suppose that's true. <laughs> she's just like she's so barely shot next to anybody. I feel like if you can make Tom you Cruise it. work it, <laughs> you can work it out. You know, Tom, we're going to need to borrow your uh, your Apple Box we shoes. Need a Tom Cruise your, special. Your patented shoes made of Apple Apple boxes. <laughs> clumpy, 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 clumpy. Oh, clumpy, clumpy. Tom Cruise. Um, Julianne Moore was one of the top actors considered. Uh, I mean, sure. But yeah. she, to me, she's someone that, once again, I don't buy in heightened Like roles. a Laura Linney, where I'm like, ah. Oh, it's the same, where it's like, I can't. You're so real, and I envy that because I feel like I'm always acting so hard. I mean, if you need a hard-hitting drama where the, your protagonist is dealing with a deadly disease, Laura Linney and Julianne Moore are <laughs> they great in the big C and still Alice, respectfully. A big period um, drama, and you need a heightened thing. Yeah, like, but even like a period, I think Laura Linney's in that with John Adams miniseries. It's like, it's like, it was one thing, but when you're I'm playing a fantasy, of, when you're I'm playing like dangerously is on on Broadway. Oh, I see, I see, I see. But for me, Get it's like Janet McTeer for this. You sure, know? sure, sure. But you think I mean, Kate Blanchett's so good, but Marvel, but also like Lord of the Rings, the people that can operate within fantasy. Yeah, when you yeah, need that height. It is a particular thing. Yeah. Um. Although Julianne Moore instead, because she was not doing Enchanted in 2007, was doing the movie. Next, I knew that's with what Nicholas Cage, uh, Nicholas Cage as a magician who can see like whatever a minute, two minutes two, into the future, twelve seconds into the future. No, it's two minutes. Uh, I think. Two minutes, we and she's the cop trying to track him down. It. No, maybe it is twelve oh, seconds. Such a stupid it's film. It's very unfortunate. Um, it's that so I've bad. Seen it's that. so bad. So so bad. Uh, and finally, Angelica Houston auditioned, which oh, she's, like she's on my list. I didn't read my oh. whole list. Oh, she's on it. But forget about it. Angelica Houston would have been. I have, why don't I read my whole list amazing. here? Because I've been trying to cull. I have the people that I didn't say. I have Angelica Houston, Vanessa Redgrave, Jane Lynch, Annette Benning, Viola Davis. I like all of these options, but I love Sarandon. And I love Susan Sarandon, but specifically for this film, for this kind of heightened role, I like all them options. Look, there's so better. many grand dames in yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, so those were all the characters that I found other casting options for. So before we move on, let's do a quick round of passing chemistry. So we only have Pancake Mouth Russell Crowe up for Prince Edward, so forget about him. But if you had to pick a Giselle, a Robert, and Narissa of the actors considered, which trio do you think would have had the best chemistry together? So it's not necessarily who you like of like your best actor for Giselle, your best actor for him, your best actor for her, but together... Um, 
because Kristen Bell is probably my favorite alternate for Giselle, but I can't imagine her alongside any of the actors up for Robert because I think she looks too young yeah. next to Ed Ooh, Norton yes. or Keanu or Sean Penn. Ugh. Kristen Bell and Sean Penn. Sean Penn doing the We Got the Monkeys dance at the end. Ugh. So I would do Jennifer Garner as Giselle with Keanu Reeves yes. uh, having to defeat Angelica Houston uh, oh. is the trio that yes. I would do if I could not have the trio that we, if I had to pick a trio from the actors considered. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? I, I don't know that this is the greatest <laughs> chemistry, but I don't hate it. So I'm going to say Tony Collette and Edward Norton. Okay. Defeating Jessica Lange. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. You know, I, I dig it. Strong personalities. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, I think that'd be great. So I couldn't find any other casting options for these characters, but I did want to briefly touch on a few of them. Uh, Nathaniel, Queen Norris's henchman, played by Timothy Spall. So good in this. I love that his animated version, it just looks so much like a mix of Timothy Spall and LeFou. Um, <laughs> it's so true. Although the all, he's got all these wacky disguises throughout where he's trying to get Amy Adams to eat this apple. And he's like, I'm going to crazy Italian. It's I'm an apple this. And then it's just that one scene where they put him in that unfortunate turban and beard. And it's like, we're, oh, we man, we're 2007. Between that and the gay panic in oh, this man. film. There's like two really bad instances of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was very crazy. I'm like, oh, you're looking for a girl too? I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a prince. There's a and, way and to land like, that Ugh. line and have it not be gross. But... I mean, even, I mean, it's still not great. But even if you subvert it and you've, because you've got all these construction workers that are like around this manhole where yeah. everyone keeps coming up. If you had Timothy Spall being like, no, I'm looking for a prince. And the construction worker is like, you and me both, guy. It's like, whatever. Just like normalize it. Opposed yeah. to everyone just looking like, what? Yeah. No, it was 2007 where for some reason, people who were trying to write this film since the 90s. <sighs> Still an thought, easy like, joke. I'm going to keep this I joke. Know. Yeah, no, it definitely was very cringy. I haven't watched this movie in years. So there were a few things I was like, yeah. I was so glad. I mean, that beard and turban should not have been this movie at all, but I was glad it was for like a 30 second scene opposed to like a whole wacky spiel. He never spoke in an accent. This is true. Thank, oh man. Thank goodness for that. And and that might have been a deleted scene. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a deleted scene of Timothy Spall having to bust out as like an Indian accent. Yikes, 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 yikes. But other than that, I think he's so good in this. Well, and those are all things that are. You know, quite frankly, not his fault. You know, of course, of course. I mean, you you can say things as an actor or turn the role down, but like, as far as like that, he didn't make any choices that were like that Italian accent is offensive. (laughs) It was stupid, but intentionally. Right, I'm not putting that on him. Um, but I just didn't. I would have felt weird not not acknowledging it. it. Um, but other than that, I think he was great. I think we talked about like of Timothy Spall types is like you got Toby Jones and. Yeah, Such, it's um, basically Timothy Spall and Toby Jones, yeah, and Toby Jones is already for... in Ever After, so you had to have Timothy Spall in this one. <laughs> That's right. Ooh, that's very true. That's very true. Um, I think he's so perfect. Um, and we've talked about her a lot, but old Na- Nancy, you know her last name, the fiance Nancy, played by Adele Dazim, Tremaine. Nancy okay, Tremaine, that's a nice like Lady out. Tremaine, the evil, so wicked stepmother to be from Cinderella. They don't have it in the writing, but it is in the way that they've cast and like. But I guess she's not. Her. She doesn't well, actually not do anything villainous. She comes in and it's like immediate. There's naked Amy Adams straddling. No, that's what I mean. Is Patrick like in Dempsey. the script itself. Yeah. yeah, she's not villainized, but but. The daughter just doesn't like her because she comes in and is like, what up, girlfriend? Like, let's go to school, babe. And it's like, why are you talking like this to me? I'm a child. Um, I'm six. I'm Um, six. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm like, I just don't want her. And she was apparently – she – 
Adele Dazim was an honor that she was cast as an actor because she has no songs. She wasn't hired yeah, as a singer, sure. but she was supposed to have a song that then, then then got cut. So I just found it funny that she was like, "I'm really nice being hired as an actor." When it's like she had a song that her and uh, the prince were supposed to then sing their own like reprise or end. duet at the end. When it's like we're trying to end this film, we do not care about Nancy Tremaine. We don't need to land this plane, right? Yeah. But I was just like, you know, if you're gonna get this Broadway, I get get get. Adina's rent the movie rent co-star Tracy Toms I'd rather have her or get get her wicked co-star Kristen Chenoweth I'd rather have someone that's either so either someone that's so like also like yeah the princess type the trippy type or someone that's the opposite so I was like you know what if you're gonna be pulling Patrick Dempsey you're gonna be plucking people from Grey's Anatomy give me someone grounded give me Sandra Sandra Oh is on the top of my list for Nancy what are the that's so funny no I thought I want someone who no disrespect but is funnier than Adina Menzel yeah Um, Adina Menzel can play comedic lines but she's not inherently someone who I would be like let's throw her in a comedy to land a lot of punchlines in a a romantic comedy in a real romantic comedy Um, (laughs) so I yeah I was like oh Sandra Oh though you know just she's so funny and she's so great Um, so she's at the top of my list that's so funny I hadn't thought of um, Christian Chenoweth but I will say when she appeared this time and I was watching, I was like, of course she's like a, a brunette, you know? I was like, how much oh, more Nancy? fun? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was just like, how much more fun would it be if like either she, you completely subvert it and go totally different direction. Or it's like you have like a redhead and a blonde. And it, it just feels like so often yeah. like nowadays, like not necessarily yeah. like back in early Disney times, but like nowadays it's like. The brunette is like the one who's no fun. She's right. a real stick in the mud. <laughs> you got brown hair, that means you're evil. Yeah, exactly. If you got blonde hair, you're innocent. And if you got red hair, you're Amy Adams, star of Enchanted. Exactly. But <laughs> Although, but just mentioning Christian Chenoweth, I was just thinking of like, oh, why was I thinking Christian Chenoweth? I'm like, oh, because she's the other woman in Pushing Daisies. And I was like, Lee Pace also would have been great as Robert, as oh, the lawyer. Yes. Or Edward the Prince. Yes, as Edward. But I can see, I mean, it's mainly because of Pushing Daisies of that, like, I'm going along with these wacky shenanigans. I'm the straight man to it, but I can still be funny and grounded. Just thinking Pushing Daisies, Raul Esparza, also an excellent choice sure, for, sure. for the lawyer. Yeah, um, yeah. My other thoughts, uh, I had Rachel Weiss, uh, who would never probably play a part this small. Yeah, be too small. But like, And she's too young for it, but she also would have been a great Narissa. Yes, I was like, she's the same age. As, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, for, uh, yeah, no. For just as someone like, also, you bring in someone who is yeah. like a really strong heavy hitter actor who is totally. like, then I care about this character, and I, I care. Like, obviously, I know he's gonna get together with Amy Adams, but I get why he's with her in the first place. You yeah, know, of course. Um, and then I don't know why this thought came to me. Maybe it's because of the animated bit. But I was like, oh, Aisha Tyler would be really oh. funny because she's she's so funny, she's sure. so strong, and you're like, yeah, she's yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. but she should Who probably the, be with um, someone else. Probably best known as the voice of Lana in Archer and ah. as the host of the new Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh. Um, and of the the honor of being uh, I don't know, the one black person with lines on Friends. She she, she played a like okay. Ross's girlfriend for like five episodes and everyone's like see we're so diverse one of our white white leads has a black girlfriend friends what a what a real (laughs) what am i i was trying to think of like uh cutting edge and instead i was thinking cost cutter uh it's not (laughs) but i should would be great i love i should um and it's so funny such a funny performer um i wanted to briefly mention pip the chipmunk because once he's once they're in new york and becomes a real chipmunk 
it's the voice of the director uh doing like but in andalasia it's like this great like kind of brooklynish accent of like ah just hey, hey. hey yo uh, and i was like who is this person um and i just wanted to give a shout out because you know voiceover actors many times like the actual ones are like that is what you do where you and are you're voiceover real actors. good at it just don't get shouted out so uh this is jeff bennett um who meant so many credits he's one of those guys that just works non-stop you've heard his voice in everything from animaniacs gargoyles batman the animated series um my favorite credits were that he was the voice of johnny bravo which was probably the no biggest way. thing yeah but imagine like this little chipmunk this little pip the chipmunk that's also like hey ho hey, hey, hey um, mama ho um he and he is the uncredited singing voices for centipede in james and the giant peach and for zazu and the lion king for the morning report song which i think they cut from the film they did so oh, it's well, a deleted... baby it wound up into that and they have a, the deleted scene of it that you can see. So they so definitely like actually animated the whole thing. But he is the singing voice of Zazu. Of Rowan Atkinson. Of Rowan Atkinson. Um, but yeah, I thought that was so cool. Uh, and I wanted to mention because this film uh, has so many shout outs to Disney princesses of the past. Oh, yes, it does. All these wonderful cameos. So as uh, Robert's uh, assistant, Sam, is Jodie Benson, who voiced Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Um, Paige O'Hara, who voiced Belle in Beauty and the Beast, is Angela, who is the soap opera actress that James oh. Marsden and Timothy Spall are watching on TV. They're watching the soap opera. And I'm like, what is this? Aside from just being funny that they're like, don't know what a TV is. And they're like, what are getting mesmerized? Well, it gets Nathaniel thinking about his relationship. With... It sure does. But it but... also, didn't they turn to you and say like, the soap opera actress is killing it? She really isn't. Because it's Paige O'Hara, the voice of Belle, which we didn't. That She's was the one read we didn't... a book. That's the one we didn't catch because we were like, oh, that's Jodie Benson, of course. Uh -huh. And then Judy Kuhn, who was the singing voice in Pocahontas Just is Judy <laughs> Coons in this closet um, <laughs> she is much much shorter than I so she would fit in this closet much easier than yes, tall, tall. Yes, could fit a lot more Amy Judy Chow. Coons into a closet than Amy How Judy many Judy Coons could one fit? Could you imagine if that was like a, <laughs> like a, a measurement unit of guess, Judy Coons? If you guess the number of Judy Coons we fit into this closet, you get a free You get a free to... pizza pie, class. <laughs> All right, class. Here, I brought this jar in, this jar in full of Judy Coons. <laughs> Well, Judy Broadway, Coons. Broadway performer Judy Coons. <laughs> How many Judy Coons are? Have you count all the Judy Coons, uh, and you'll and whoever guesses the most wins a pizza party. I took a class with her like many years ago, probably right before this film came out, actually, and uh, we got to do like Q and A with her one day, and we were asking her about the year that she performed on the Tonys in two different shows because oh, wow. she was in rags which Oof. bombed oh. and then she's the original cosette in les mis <gasps> so wow. she fully performed like saying the title wow, song wow, like wow, wow, rags wow. and then I... was like hey, i'm gonna go sing soprano forgot that she was the original cosette yeah wow, well because wow, we wow. think of yeah. her as being this big belter uh, you know colors of the right. wind and sure and you know she's got another tony nomination for fun home mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. yeah it's a uh, it's wild to think like oh wow she was the original the original cassette. That's wild. Um, but yes, she is accredited as pregnant woman with kids. So as like, once James Marsden as the prince is like, he finds the right building, but he just doesn't know what uh, apartment. They're on the 12th floor. Right. So he's just going knocking door to door and eventually knocks and there's Judy Kuhn with all these kids and she's looking at him dressed as a prince and is like, you're too late and like slams the door. I have written here the only ring uh -huh. note I have next to Edward and I have put prince uh, beside it in parentheses is vanquished by stairs. <laughs> 
because uh, he's got a, a sword and a mission, but he doesn't make it to floor 12 till the next morning. I wonder if there's a deleted scene of him trying to figure out an elevator and unable to, of like why he's just like, I, it I know he's going. It doesn't even occur to him because he doesn't know they Well, exist. I know, but but of like the fact that he like stabs a bus thinking it's a dragon, I think we could have had even mm. more wacky shenanigans. I mean, if, if Enchanted came out today, there'd be all these like webisodes of him going around for promo with yeah. with yeah like oh just as a little bonus features of like yeah of him like going around having adventures just like discovering cotton candy and discovering like whatever mm-hmm. balloons and just oh, like man his take when she says like are you enjoying your hot dog and he's like <sighs> mid-bite and then he looks at it and like kind of opens his mouth like am i eating a dog she's like oh they're not oh, real oh, dogs. Right. but like that look on his face and the way <laughs> he just sort of like opens his mouth slightly like the food is a little like oh i don't want to be touching this with my mouth anymore it's so good i, I ate a dog um, um no don't worry it's just a blend of three different animals it's no better quite frankly but uh who uh and, and i finally i wanted to i had to mention all these dancers in the how do you know sequence they're like these like older older like dancers and they cut and they're like they are dancing it's not just like oh that's sweet they got like these like 70 year olds that are like just to like do like a little like step touch no they're like dancing and so i looked up and my favorites because so many of them have like broadway credits Uh and like classic film credits my favorites were uh burt michaels who played snowboy in the film of west side story and harvey evans who played mouthpiece in west side story Mm -hmm. and was a replacement for guitar in the original broadway production of west side story in 1957 i see gentle listener right before we started to record this jeff was like oh i'm excited to talk about some of the dancers and everything like you mean the like, yeah, a lot of them did, like, Broadway shows. And he's like, yeah, and some of them did some famous old movies. I was like, I told you this before we watched it. Snowboy is in this movie. Snowboy. He's like, oh, I didn't I didn't know. Because there's a lovely featurette about the making of this song that they interview, like, all these, all sorts of different folks. But there's, like, this one of the older women who says, she's like, well, so-and-so's done, you know, uh, 13 Broadway shows. And Harvey's done 22 Broadway shows. It's just so <laughs> charming. And on their breaks, and, and, they're, and like, And then they hoping. yelled out during filming. And they were like, hey, Patrick Dempsey, you ain't done no Broadway shows, and all these older little hoofers are <laughs> were dumping on Dempsey. The gentleman gear. <laughs> um, but it was just so charming, and there's like them, they're all they're like just jamming together, like hoofing and stuff, and they're like, yeah, in their 70s. I was like, I'm so charmed. Because again, I watched West Side Story a lot in my youth. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, all right, so final thoughts on Enchanted, Amy Joe. Um it's real fun. It's yeah. really good. I uh, I was reminded of some of the lyrics I don't love. I don't think mm. they all scan perfectly. I think some of them are a little too cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, cute meaning like too self-aware. But overall, I think like that's how you know or how you know is like pretty perfect. Like the whole sequence and the and the way that they get it like that's delightful the whole thing is really fun the kings and queens ball i could have done without some of that really stupid choreography (laughs) and the the like prom jazz singer um not jazz definitely pop but yeah it's so fun i so enjoy it i watch it again it's a fun flick so i want to end with this in january 2018 it was announced that the script for the sequel titled disenchanted was almost complete and had been in production since 2010. The sequel will deal with Giselle 10 years after the events of the first movie, wondering if the life she chose is truly her happily ever after. Amy Adams and James Marston have announced their intention to be in it, and Patrick Dempsey has said he is open to it, and as recent as March 2020, 
During the Broadway Rosie O'Donnell Show Benefit, Alan Menken confirmed that he and Stephen Schwartz were already writing the songs for the film. So at some point, Disenchanted is supposedly coming. And maybe then, finally, we will get Enchanted streaming again on Disney+. Yes. Amy Jo. Yes, Jeff. What are you recommending this week? Jeff, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) I'm recommending The Astronomy Club. Yeah. Currently streaming on Netflix. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is written by and starring an all-black cast of comedians. It's a sketch show. It's very funny. Um, It didn't get renewed for season two. Boo, Which is stupid. Um, uh, But, you know, there's always a possibility if enough people watch it and are like, hey, this was great, (laughs) that Netflix would be like, well, that was a real foolish move. Or for it to move somewhere else. else. Exactly. Yes, it's really yes, great. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of people uh, that came up through UCB that I've been seeing for years uh, and just so funny. There's a particular sketch that made me laugh so hard, which was like the <laughs> award ceremony of uh, ASMR. Uh, that one in particular, I was like, this is yeah. this hits me right where I live. Oh, yeah. um, but so many great sketches. So enjoyable. Check it out. There's a whole season on the flicks. Yes, and I, I'll I'll second that before getting my recommend. I've um have had the pleasure of working with both Jonathan Braylock and Monique Moses, who are both on the show, mm-hmm. and they are two of the funniest people that I've ever met slashed work with worked with. Um, so yes, definitely check out the Astronomy Club on Netflix. Uh, Jeff, yeah, Amy, Joe, what you recommending this week? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and recommend the 2019 film The Assistant, directed by Kitty Green and starring Julia Garner, who some people might know from Ozark, which she won an Emmy for last year. It's nominated yeah. for again. The Emmy nominees just came out this day that we're recording this. Um, so exciting. And uh, she's also been on The Americans, uh, that show Maniac with Emma Stone, Dirty John, tons of amazing performances. And she gets to lead this film, this uh, kind of ticking clock drama Uh, as it follows her over the course of a single day at her job as a junior assistant to a powerful entertainment mogul stand-in, who could that be, as she begins to slowly recognize the full extent of how the system in place is built to protect her abusive boss. Uh, It's a great, taut little film, under 90 minutes, doesn't overstay its welcome, uh, and there's a scene between Julia Garner and Matthew McFadden as the HR rep that is probably the best written and acted scene, single scene I've seen in the past year. Uh, So once again, the movie is The Assistant, just got added to Hulu, uh, so check it out i've got to watch this i love matthew mcfadden yeah that it's just that, fascinating it's, she's just in that one scene but it's like he makes the most of it Great. and um i'm that's intrigued what we're recommending this week <laughs> do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of email us at and almost starring at gmail.com and let us know find us on instagram at and almost starring and if you're enjoying the show stop by iTunes and uh, you know give us a, a rating and review take out your jazz hands shimmy them look at the number of fingers you got maybe it's five give us that number of stars only look at the one hand because if you're looking at both hands and you're like ten stars it won't let you do ten stars if it was possible though if you could give us five stars twice do that please write iTunes uh, a custom review and be like excuse me iTunes I would like to give ten stars to one podcast in particular please make an exception hey thanks thanks <laughs> thanks a lot <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. That's how you know I'm Amy Jo Jackson. (laughs) And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.